0: you're listening to this is how a podcast about people forging digital careers for people who are taking the time to figure things out
1: whether you've just left school college or uni or you're already in a job but you're not feeling it we made a podcast series full of tips ideas and free advice from people who've been on similar journeys Changed things up and got on to work in digital roles with some of the most interesting brands in the uk i'm will stowe proudly from hatney an ear and shoulder for those around me. I work for Sneakers as a co-host on Sneakers Live, where we have regular live streams talking all things sneaker culture. And I also have a background in creative strategy, which is really creating a clear path and actions to bring brilliant ideas from your mind to life. I also write poetry, make music, and throw parties in my spare time.
0: I'm Zoe Mallet. I'm originally from Bristol. I've been living in London for over six years, and I'm currently living in Hackney. I'm a life coach and a radio show host. My coaching focuses on helping people figure out where they are, where they want to be, and then we work out how we're going to get them there. I also have a radio show on Foundation FM, which allows listeners to message in with their problems. And my guests and I offer out our professional advice and tips live on air, mixed with some tunes.
1: Over the next few weeks, we're going to be meeting people who've started careers in digital industries. People who have become designers, animators, social media managers and more, and who have managed to turn their passions and interests into skills and jobs.
0: We're going to be asking questions to find out what people do day to day in their jobs and how they ended up in their role, as well as breaking down some industry jargon along the way. Prepare to be inspired and entertained as we take a look into some of the most exciting digital roles of today and give you the tips you need to follow in their footsteps. For today's podcast, we spoke to Carl, who's a UX, that's user experience for those that don't know, lead product designer at the online luxury fashion retailer net a Ukes. So Carl studied graphic design at uni, but after he graduated, he didn't jump straight into the design industry. He ended up working for his local council for four years. Here, he jumped to design opportunities where he could and worked on creative side projects before landing his first full time design job. Fast forward, he now manages a whole team of designers, but still uses the skills he picked up working for the council and from his personal side projects.
2: Hi guys, thanks for having me.
0: Welcome, thanks for coming. Um, We've heard that you uh, have prepared two truths and a lie for us, so we can just get to know you a little bit better.
2: I have, yeah. The first one is that I am a big Star Wars fan. Uh, Second one is that I am six foot eight in height. And last one is I used to work part-time on a um, photo desk processing cameras like Kodak cameras that they get handed in
3: Well, like at Jessops or something like that
2: it was actually a Boots Boots Chemist Illusion
0: oh I remember going and doing that at boot.
2: I don't even know if they still have them I think it's just the kiosk now just go and plug in your USB
0: well I I've, yeah I've, I know the lie because I've looked at your uh, Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and your bio basically gives it away
2: I forgot I was even in the bio <laughs>
0: So the lie is that you're six eight, right? Because you're
2: six 6'6", yeah.
0: Six six, yeah. Very very tall.
2: Yeah, got ducked when going through certain doors.
0: Do you actually like? Is that, is that does that happen quite a lot?
2: It depends. T- top deck of the bus, definitely. Certain pubs outside of London, very small doors.
3: If you're a if you're in a rush, do you sometimes forget and just hit your head against things?
2: But... <laughs> I've done that a couple of times. Not, not so much recently, but. You, when you're going through them, growth spurts, definitely.
3: Probably need a helmet, bro. <laughs> <Can you> imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Door inclusivity, that's what we need.
0: <laughs> okay, right, let's jump into it because this podcast isn't about um, how tall you are. Can you um, tell us a little bit about what your role is at the moment?
2: Yeah, so my, my current role is uh, lead UX designer, product designer, currently working at UX Netaporte Group. Yux is a group of e-commerce multi-brand retailers. So our department is called the Experience Team. And we work across two of the brands within the group, the Netaporte brand and the Mr. Porter brand. And our roles and responsibilities are looking after the user experience and the user interface for all of the digital products that that kind of come under them brands. So the websites. Desktop, mobile, the native apps, and anything else that kind of kind of falls into that.
3: So, a question: I like to shop a lot, yeah. So, I'm 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 uh, familiar with Ux. Yeah? Mm. Um, for you, is like you know, before you became a uh, product designer on the user experience side, was you ever on Ux like as a user, just thinking, you know, I can make this better, like this doesn't work? Or
2: I wasn't actually. I I didn't know about Ux um, when I when I started. They were about, but they wasn't part of the the, the Netaporte group when I first started. But I hadn't I hadn't heard of Mr. Porter as well. I think when I started, Mr. Porter had just started, and the the, the women's brand, the Netaporte one, I wasn't familiar with. But I did used to browse a lot of ecom sites just because, just like yourself as well. Just interested in seeing what's out there. I, I prefer shopping online than going out and uh to a shopping center and spending the whole day out so yeah I was always just browsing and and looking what what was available I wasn't really too much thinking about oh is this a good experience or not I guess I don't know I think I, I don't think that was really at the forefront of my mind it's like do they have the do they have what I want <laughs> pretty much
3: <laughs> do they have my size
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> size is a big thing for sure I hear that
0: and can you like walk us through a day in the life of uh, a lead product designer?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it might sound a bit cliche, but not not every day is the same. And I think that that's not, not so unique to just a product designer. I think for anyone kind of working in creative space. So a day could range from anything from having uh, like a top of the week meeting with my immediate team, Recently, my, my, my days have been filled with a lot more meetings than than design tasks, but that's because we work so cross cross-functionally across different departments. So I might be having a conversation with a fellow colleague who's in the experience team, like from the research team, speaking about the trend report that they've been doing or Working with uh, other business divisions, like the site trading or marketing teams or the creative teams who look after all of our uh, assets that we all kind of see like the photo shoots and the art direction.
3: I wanted to kind of touch about um, you know the time that you kind of spent building up until this point of now becoming like lead product designer, so could you tell us about some of the roles that you um, had before you got to this stage
2: so I started working at Netaporte in 2012. Before that I had graduated from Kingston University 2008 with a degree in, in graphic design and when I came out of u- university I was trying to get an internship at an ad agency because before even going to uni ad- advertising world was kind of like what I thought I had uh, I wanted to do mainly based on a conversation with with my dad who asked like what, what are you gonna do with studying art and, and design like what what kind of field would you want to go into and I think quite naively I said ad, advertising
3: did you pressured do you feel pressure
2: no I didn't feel pressured it was a genuine question I think from his side like, yeah I wouldn't say he's not creative but he was curious to, to know like what what is it that you would you would um, do as a job so yeah there def- definitely wasn't any pressure um so I had thought that going into uh, Art direction in um, in an ad agency, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that there was teams, right, of people like a copywriter and art director, and they work with a team and they kind of go and service different clients around different agencies. So when I came out of uni, I was trying to get an internship. I got a very very short one at BBH in 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 their one of their creative teams. I think it was only for like two weeks. Um, and yeah. Pretty much between 2008 and 2012, I didn't really get anything full time in design. I was working, uh, I was working at my, ret- my retail job at Boots part time. And in the week, I was picking up a few hours here and there, but looking for really anything that could kind of take up my time, pay me some money. And then as I said, looking for looking for the for the internships, I, I did end up getting a job that was full time, but it was uh, working in a field that was totally kind of away from design. I was working with um, young people uh, in Lushan Borough. It was cool because it gave me an opportunity to bring some of my design interests into my role. work with some of the young people on doing like poster creation and logos and brandings, and in that it helped me. Build my portfolio with actually real world stuff, stuff that was actually going out and being used, even though on a very small scale, it's something that you could say, Oh yeah, this actually went out and it did something. It's very much like people oriented, because working with young people. So you're kind of socializing, you're talking, you're getting to know others. That's that's just something that is invaluable in terms of developing skills that you that are now later on I mean I guess if I look back at it I do use a lot of them skills in my job now which is a full-time design job do you know what I mean so it's almost like I tell myself look at the positives that you're getting from the experience that you're having right now and just keep being persistent because persistency is what ultimately is going to help you get to where you want to get to the moment you give up it ain't going to happen is it so, whilst working at Lutheran, I decided, for, I was there for a few years and I decided to go part time to split my time between trying to find a part time design job and keep the, the income from, from that job. And I managed to get a role uh, at Rewind Magazine, which is a music youth culture magazine that's been around for like from when I was in school. So, going behind the scenes and seeing like, how much, sm- much of a small team was creating that magazine. Like in my eyes, I knew what it meant to, to me and kind of like my peers, like we really held it up high. So we didn't know that like, it's a small team doing it.
3: It's quite a turning moment basically.
2: And in that time, um, I, I actually done a project with a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, um, who's a web developer. And he had a client that was doing, um, they, they're a watch retailer. So, he was doing their website and they were like, oh, we needed an app. So he was like, oh, do you, do you want to help me design this app? i would never designed an app before. So I had to just get on Google and look at like, how to design apps.
3: Self-learn very quickly. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. So very much kind of like learning on the fly, thinking about, okay, how, what, how do you create icons and all of this and using the knowledge that I had from studying and all these other bits and pieces I've done. Long story short, I ended up delivering the design assets he had a developer that was building it and that was kind of like my input and I put that at the front of my portfolio and I had actually applied for a job at Netaporte earlier in that year a friend of a friend said to me oh we've got some jobs that maybe you'd be right for you'd be interested in why not apply I applied didn't get the job 6 months later I'd done that app project with my my friend put that in the front of my portfolio. And then the same girl kind of circled back around and said, oh, there's another opportunity. Do you want to apply for that? So I was like, yep, definitely put my portfolio, my new portfolio, just kind of like rejuvenated, obviously, with that new project. And that was up front. And when um, that got su- submitted, I submitted it f- via her. Her colleague either saw it, I don't know how she saw it, whether she showed it to her or whatever. But her colleague was, she was putting together um, the first kind of formation of the native mobile teams. So this is like 2011. She was growing that team. So I think there were only seven people at the, at the time and she saw the project.
3: So Carl, could you let us know what a native mobile team is? Because we, we've never heard that term before.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so you can go onto either a mobile website via browser or you can download an app. So the, the apps are native apps because they're native to the platform, whether that's iOS or Android. They're the two main ones. So they already had their e websites, but they were now building native apps to service the, the two platforms, iOS first, and then Android would come later. Got you. So that that's exactly what that team was solely for. So it was like her, the product product owner, a tester to test the code, a set of developers, maybe like three or four developers, obviously to build it. And then one other designer who ended up, when I got the job, she, she was my manager. Um, so yeah, that is a very small team. Oh, and a user experience designer as well.
3: There's a lot of different roles like going into this, like for things that sound quite straightforward. And I guess this is like a nice little um, segue into the next part. So I was going to ask um, if you can, if you can like describe some of the digital skills that, you know, have helped you along the way or what, digital skills are because I feel like that's one thing that I sometimes I think about I'm like what are digital skills like you know what are the things that you need to like kind of have done and what constitutes like a digital skill like how do you yeah how do you what's the basics of digital skills
2: good question do you know what there's there's so many different tools right now I would say that before you even kind of jump into what are the hard like digital skills that I need I think that the question you need to ask is, what is it that you're trying to achieve from it? So like, if I'm going to design a mobile app, I'm probably not going to jump into Photoshop straight away. If I wanted to do some artworking on something, on some packaging or on um, uh, a photo shoot that's been done, I want to do some retouching, then Photoshop is a tool for you. So I think that the first question that anyone needs to ask is, like, what, what am I trying to achieve? And then from there, find what are the different products or tools that are out there. I think the most kind of um, popular group of tools is comes under like the Adobe suite of tools, right? So you've got Photoshop, um, everything from image manipulation editing to layouts in InDesign, uh, doing like illustration, like vector illustrations in Illustrator, uh, editing movies, in Premiere, um, motion graphics, in After Effects, and each of these have their own kind of set of skills that you would kind of need to be able to apply to them. But when they're all kind of like under one uh, uh, like brand, being Adobe, it's quite easy to kind of get used to the interfaces, right? Like they don't they don't look too dissimilar from each other. So once you've got your head around a few of them, you can kind of be good and kind of be confident and then I think it's all about kind of learning like as you go no one's ever like even someone who's been working in the industry for years they're not going to know what every tool and what every everything you can achieve in each one of them you're always going to learn little tricks little shortcuts or be like oh I didn't even know I could do that in here so it's, it's kind of you're, you're always going to be progressing your knowledge on what that skill is and, and evolving it
0: I definitely am not like fluent in any digital space at all. I've just been like trying and trying again uh, with like content creation and like my website, for example, like I did, I do that all myself. Like you do learn stuff as like you go and you pick stuff up and you realize like what you're like naturally good at and what you're like not very good at at all. And the things I'm not very good at, I just kind of like mold, I guess what I'm doing to the areas that I find easy and like look good.
3: Do you have to be like um, fluent in software to have digital skills?
2: Uh, I don't think you have to be. No, you don't. Definitely have, don't have to be fluent. I think what you need to do is be You need to be willing to learn. No doubt if you're if you never if you're completely like not fluent in software, like you don't even like using the computer, then I can understand how it could be quite intimidating. But if you use things. Like even even something like let's say that there was someone who is really good at doing stuff like on Insta stories, like drawing stuff, and you know you can doodle over things and put typography and stuff like that. If you're kind of like really comfortable doing that on a day to day on your socials, and then you want to pivot over to doing like actual content creation and stuff like that, you could keep it in that tool of Instagram, but then you could jump over to something else that's a bit more bit more powerful. And has more options. And I would I would bet that your learn the learning curve, because of what you've been doing in in Insta, it wouldn't be too too kind of yeah, it wouldn't be too um intimidating. I think that you would kind of grasp it. It's good to know what you're not good at as well. And then try and try and find like-minded people that can either be willing to teach you how to do things or collaborate with you. And like when i remember when i when i graduated for some reason i was like i'm going to teach myself code don't ask me why i was like i'm going to i'm going to learn html and css and i think i bought some some web course off of i forgot on what site it was um, and i was just like i'm not with it like it just didn't like, firstly code is very mathematical that's how, that's how i see it right it's maths and maths has never been my kind of my forte. So I was like, this is like, it's just it's mind-boggling to me. It's actually hurting my head. So, but you don't. I don't need to know it all. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, calibration is definitely key, and like playing towards your strengths, and and not so like the things that you like like that like you said like make your head hurt like collaborate with somebody else or you know move away to the things that you are good at because that's where you're going to be like some more successful right in the areas that come a bit easier and that you can kind of get into more like a of a creative flow you've been listening to this is how created by nominate and liberty your essential resource for finding a path into digital careers with the brands that you love Head over to thisishow.uk to listen to more episodes and discover free training and advice to help you land your dream job. You can also give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is thisishow.uk to keep up to date with regular tips and resources to help you on your career journey. You were saying earlier about like um, when people are looking at like digital careers that to kind of work try and focus what they actually want to achieve but like what advice would you give to somebody who doesn't really know what they want to specialize in at all but just wants to get into like the digital world how would they like navigate working out the the starting kind of steps
2: so I think that like yourself so you are doing content creation for your own website and what wherever else that might be kind of being published or put Right now, like I said, everyone can step foot into uh, participating in, in creating stuff and I think that that, that would be my, my first thing if you want to do something in the creative industries and you want you want to progress to doing it as a full-time job or, or career in a, in a position that is um, where you're employed by by someone, then it's just a matter of just putting, putting stuff out and keep kind of um, like learning as you go. And I, I think that, that you, you can do that and kind of have fun with it. And it's just like, they're just doing it just for the sake of doing stuff and, and, and creating stuff. But it can get lost in the noise because this so, like, everyone can do that now. Everyone is a creator. Everyone's taking photos. Everyone's posting them. So then it's like, okay, how do you then separate yourself from the, the mass? And I think that there's probably two ways I would advise to go about that if you don't know specifically what area you want to go into. So I would say that one way is looking at things um, that already exist and thinking about how can you make them better, redesigning them. So like you said, Will, like when I was, when I was looking at e commerce I wasn't thinking, Oh, how could this product page be better or how could this small bit of the site be better? Now I've seen a lot of, a lot of portfolios that I see on like Behance or these other portfolio sites, they're reinterpreting um, things that already exist in the world, real world. What does is, what is Behance do? So Behance is is a platform where you, you can post up your, your work, essentially. Okay. So it's, it's like an online portfolio. So whereas some people might have their own website, which a lot of people on Behance even have that as well. You have your own website where you have your portfolio of work or a selection of your work cool. and then beharts is almost like a snapshot of like some of your best things
3: is this how you can get recognized
2: basically yeah i think that that people people do um do get recognized through beharts again because there's so much you're going to be clustered in with a load of other creatives it's like how how do you stand out? i think that there's no no harm in being having digital presence on multiple platforms I don't think that's going to do any harm. The more places you are, it's just a numbers game, isn't it? Like there's more chance of you being being seen. But don't put your, yeah, I guess putting your egg, all your eggs in one basket and be like, this is the only place where my work's going to live. That might work for some people. But I think if you're starting out and you're trying to get your foot in the door somewhere, don't, um, don't limit it to, to one place. I think that the other thing other than, as I said, like reinterpreting designs, uh, and doing your own version on it, is showing uh, how, how, do you, how do you actually get to a final idea. So a lot of the times we see really polished kind of end products or end visuals or things like this. And it's like, okay, how did that person get there? So because everyone has an idea and there's loads of great ideas, showing your, how your mind works, Right, the steps like literally from a sketch on a paper to different versions of things, trying things, seeing what failed, what um what was what was good, why was it good as well, and trying to show that progression. Doing is it's really storytelling at the end of the day. It's about taking someone on the journey as to why did you do it? Here's how I done it. And here's the output. Literally, three starts, start, middle, three points, start, middle, and end, just like any story would be. And I think if you do that, it will help you sit just above those that don't do it. And it also makes you interesting. Makes you. It gives someone to a point like to, to start speaking on with you.
3: I agree with this. I, I I know Zoe might agree with me on this as well. Um, whenever you talk about um... The work you've done, I feel like it convinces people of your ability, I've noticed. And you can talk about it from the back like the back of your hand, basically.
2: Definitely. I've got a good example of that, actually, where when I was in uni, uh, me and um, two other students, we we was working on a project for, I think it was RCA, Royal, Royal College of Arts. They, they they put out a competition to, like, final, final year students. And we got shortlisted for the, the kind of... Um, like the nominate nominees and we had to go through and present our idea to a board of like three people on RCA and kind of like explain our, explain our idea. Now we we had done the work we had spoken about, like we, we basically had documented how we got to the end goal, but when we went to present it, we didn't firstly, we didn't prepare very well. We didn't talk about like, okay, we're going to tell this story. You're going to take this bit. You're going to take that bit. And we also didn't bring any of that material with us. We just literally had what the final thing was that we had submitted. And when we got questioned in that kind of um, uh, situation that w- makes the, the the board, it just fell apart. Like, <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we didn't know who was going to talk about what. And basically what I think they, they kind of just saw was like, are these guys just BSing it? or Because you don't, like you said, you don't, You're not coming across confident like you knew how you got there, right? So it's very important to be able to explain your work to whoever it is.
0: You mentioned earlier that you are now kind of, a lot of your role is managing people. What's that been like? What's that journey been?
2: I see it as like, almost like a bit of, um, uh, a bit bit like coaching. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a job that needs to be done. You've got a, a bunch of players. How do you then put the right people together to achieve it um, the best you can, right? And it's going to differ from project to project, brief to brief, problem to problem. So sometimes it's not even just about the actual skill set or capability, because everybody's capable. Everybody, if if you've got the job, then it's for a reason. They know that you can do the work, right? Then there's... The, there's the the difference in experience like some members might have been on a project very similar before so for them to get their head around it it's going to be a lot quicker than someone else and then it's like okay well we've got a short space of time or we've got a long space of time maybe we can put that person who has a little bit less experience because if we're not so time sensitive but if we need to turn this around for next week or at the end of the week we need to get such and such who we know that they can knock it out of the park real quick so the, the the job of that that I'm doing is like I said it's it's a lot less the actual hands on doing the, the 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 actual output it's more about making sure that we work cohesively and and we deliver and we we meet the needs of all the other people that are feeding into into what we need to get done.
3: No, I hear that. I um, was going to ask you. This is a interesting one but one thing that I'd like to know is what's your experience been like as a black person managing people in this role
2: do you know what it's been kind of lonely sometimes That sounds, yeah. it, 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 it's one of them things where you definitely kind of look from side to side and like, wow there's actually no one that, that is actually looks like me do you know what I mean it, in the team mm. so I, I think that it hasn't just kind of like, it definitely, it didn't deter me at all. It kind of, if anything, made me feel like I feel like I need to kind of be in this role because I know that mm. when, it, when I was younger, if I had seen um, other black people in their roles, it would probably given me that kind of encouragement to be like, okay, yeah, cool. I know that there's someone who is like me from my background. They are there now i i did see that in this is why i think it's good to be, you have to put your your lens a bit wider and kind of like seek that in other other areas so whether that's through uh reading or listening to things or i don't know just observing because there are people out there and where the world is somewhat smaller like in different countries there might be someone who is a design leader who is black who is female who is do you know what i mean who is not what you're seeing,
3: different environment, yeah,
2: yeah. Who you're not seeing in your immediate environment, and I think that that helps give the give the confidence. I think that now that I'm being, I, I'm I'm in the role, I feel like there's there's sometimes this thing of, um, uh, I don't want to call it what is it? It's almost I forgot what the word is. Imposter syndrome. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you you can Sometimes that can creep creep in. Yeah. Thank you. Will. That that can't, That that's a real thing.
3: No, nah, because we all experience that, man. It's a real thing, man. It's a
2: real thing. Yeah, that, that, that creeps in. And I think that you can't be hard on yourself. I know that I've been hard on myself before. Do you know what I mean? Like second question, like this isn't something that you should be feeling. But I think it is natural. And I think that as your kind of, um, your, your kind of experience and time in anything, like, like anything in life, you start to have different perspective and you start to get comfortable in the position that you're occupying.
0: Do you think that ever goes away? Have you felt that kind of um, decrease as you've kind of got more senior or would you say it always kind of lingers a little bit?
2: This is a, this is a conversation I had with my dad a few years back. Just, I was just asking him just randomly like, about his time at work. He works in telecommunications Right. And then he, so he worked for BT for a while and then he, he moved more into like the training side of things, like teaching people how to use the different equipment. I remember saying to him, Was there many black people in the office? And he was like, Nope. There was, there was hardly anyone. Um, and I think that every, uh, he said to me, he had to become comfortable in the role that he was, he was occupying. It's like, okay, maybe when you get in there, you might feel like a bit of an imposter because, you might not feel that you know everything. To be honest, no one ever does. I think anytime you go into something new, you're not gonna know a hundred percent. And you might look at someone and think, oh, they, they know exactly what's going on. 99% of the time, I would put money on that. They probably don't know everything, and they probably feel at points like they're struggling or they're kind of learning and maybe second guessing. Once I got to the lead, it's like, okay. I've been awarded this because they think that I'm good enough to do it, right? Otherwise, I would assume that I'm not going to get it. And I I do want it. I want that role. But now I'm here. Let me not put all of this pressure and be like, I must be doing this. Let me, if I don't know, I'm going to say that I don't know. I'm going to be very transparent. But I'm also going to be proactive in going and finding that knowledge, whether that's from someone above me, or it might be someone who's either to the side of me, or even sometimes if we want to get into hierarchy, it might be someone that's lower than me in terms of their seniority. And I think that if you take that kind of approach and be have that humility to say, I'm, I'm going to go and learn something from someone who who is more junior than me because I don't know everything, that will, will help, I, I would say. And I think that's how you can kind of combat that.
0: So we asked Carl to submit a mini CV so we could have a look at his skills and his experience and then quiz him on it a little bit. So we've got your career highlight here and it is getting your first full-time junior designer role. Tell us a little bit about how that felt when you had found out you got the role.
2: Yeah, no, it felt really good. I remember it was a, it was December 2011. Uh, I remember the day because I, I was just about to finish work and I had planned to go to the cinema with two of my friends. I remember what we were going to watch as well, things like Sherlock Holmes. So clearly I remember the, the day. It was like the um, the guy, Richie Sherlock Holmes. But it felt like a relief. That's That was what it really felt like. It felt like, OK, the persistence that I kept up has has come through. So, yeah, it was a good feeling.
3: All right, cool. So... <laughs> Um, we have questions here. Um, so your best work and then your best failure, if you can cover that for us. So my best
2: work, I don't think I've done my best work yet. And I, I actually don't know what that will even look like or mm. what that will even mean to me in terms of my, my best work. I think that the the things that stand out are most memorable to me working with um, in in the current uh, place that I'm at is some of the kind of like sessions that we've had where we're just doing ideation and we're just understanding each other's perspective and opinions on things. I think that's really um, insightful. And I think that's, that's the, the ones that I, that's the moments that I would say are the best moments in terms of failure. Um, I don't know if this is a failure, but I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't call this a failure, but this is what, I, what kind of comes to mind was just, when I came out of uni thinking, oh, I'm going to get a job pretty soon and it taking four years, it taught me more kind of how to develop my persistence, patience, and just kind of like strategic approach to doing things. Like I was saying, not just sitting there and being like, I'm just going to keep doing this one thing in terms of like, I'm going to try and get an internship. If I don't get an internship, then it's, it's over. It's like, okay, the internship's not happening how do we now take another route? Do you know what I mean? Go get a full-time job, try and do things on the side. Da, da, da. So that to me is all strategic. Do you know what I mean? It's how you're managing to try and navigate a route that is not the conventional one that everyone's saying that you should you should go down or what you're seeing other people go down.
0: And lastly, why should we hire you?
2: Uh, so I'd say you should hire me because... Uh, I advocate for collaboration and partnership uh, in order to add value to my team and ultimately the business and the overall goal that we're trying to achieve.
0: And if you could give uh, our listeners one piece of advice, what would that bit of advice be?
2: I would say it's kind of like a two-parter. Stay curious and stay, stay producing work. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Carl you're probably the tallest person we're ever going to have on the show and it's been great speaking with you <laughs> your journey's been amazing um we hope to maybe have you on again man thank you for coming on
0: yeah thanks so much I feel like you've given uh you've given even me some good advice as well and I'm sure uh loads of uh, all of our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing about your experience and will take loads away from it so thank you for being so like honest and open and uh yeah definitely hopefully have you back soon
2: yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, well, that was a good conversation. I enjoyed that. Thank you both.
1: You've been listening to This Is How, created by Nominate and Liberty. If you've enjoyed this conversation and you're feeling inspired to develop your own digital skills, head over to thisishow.uk where you can find more information on all the helpful tips and advice shared on today's podcast, as well as try our new This Is How quiz to uncover more about what you're good at and what job roles could be a good match for you.